to Luke Matthew. Matthew Luke 9, 23 through 27. Hello, Matthew's on my mind. <laughs> Luke 9, 23 through 27. Let's speak about what is discipleship. Reading from the New American Standard Bible. And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profit if he gains the whole world and loses or forts it for its himself. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I say to you truthfully, there are some those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do ask that you would just be with us today as we look into your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would just convict us, Lord, where we need to be convicted. You would encourage us where we need to be encouraged. But most of all, Lord, may we, may we give God, you, all the glory and all the praise. For you are so worthy of it. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you so much for what he's done for us. And coming here and living a perfect life. And then dying on the cross being buried and risen again to give us a new life, new hope. Be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus and his disciples were walking along the road. A man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no, no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks black back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. All three men misunderstood what it takes to follow Jesus. The first man did not understand the cost of leaving everything to follow Jesus because he really didn't know the sacrifice involved in following Jesus, who had no place to even lay down his head. The second man wanted to bury his father, and some say, that his father wasn't even dead yet. So he had to first wait till his father died, and then he would follow Jesus. This man was not ready to leave everything to proclaim the kingdom of God. The third man wanted to say goodbye to his family because it seemed to them that his family was more important than Jesus, and he was not fit for the kingdom of God. So what is discipleship? What is why is discipleship so important in the scriptures? Jesus spoke many times about what discipleship was all about and how important it is to make disciples or followers of Jesus Christ. 
If you profess Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior and Lord, you are a disciple or a Christ follower. Discipleship is a mandate for us, for Jesus challenged people to make serious commitments to follow him, not half-hearted ones. A disciple is a person who is fully committing, committed to obeying Jesus in every part of his or her life. If you claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ is not a part of your life. Jesus is your life. Jesus is all you need in this life. Following him is your life. Psalm 23, when it says, My Lord and my shepherd, I shall not want. You shall not want of anything. Because you have Jesus Christ in your life. He is your all in all in every part, in every aspect of your life. He is your master, your disciple, who is committed to learn from him. After all, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is the highest calling for the Christian. Disciple means learner. A disciple is what Jesus calls us to become. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us the great commission to go out and all the witness and go out and witness to the lost. But notice one of the primary focuses of the great commission was for the church to make disciples by proclaiming the gospel. And discipleship is a very much part of the great commission. We are to preach Christ's gospel to the lost, and we are to make disciples, followers, learners of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know why the church is so weak today? We Christians have not been dedicated to the making of disciples. And we ourselves have not really understood what it means to be a fully committed disciple or follower of Jesus Christ in this world. We have not considered the cost of following Jesus by having a deep intimate, personal relationship with him on a daily basis. So let's look at Jesus' words in Luke 9, 23 through 27 to see how Jesus described what it means to follow him. You know, I have been a Christian for about 45 years now, 18 years old when I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And I have to tell you now that I am still learning. I'm in the learning phase from my Savior and Lord of what it really truly means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ as I travel the sinful world, and I'm in it. It's a lifelong process of giving my life totally to Jesus Christ. Jesus' words in the beginning of our text in Luke 9, 23 says this, If anyone would come after me, He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. These words are still fresh and alive in me today as these words were when I first trusted in Jesus. But I have to admit to you, today, my commitment to Jesus had its ups and downs. But these convicting words of Jesus truly describe and define what it means to follow him. Why are these words so convicting? Because I know and you know that Jesus has every right, 
He has every authority to tell us to deny ourselves 100% and take up our cross daily. Why? Because Jesus himself gave up his life for us and died on the cross in order to save us from our sins. Jesus came to the sinful earth not to be served, but to become a ransom for many, according to Mark 10.45. He carried the cross for me and all of you who have trusted in Jesus for salvation. If Jesus gave up his life for us, is it so unreasonable for him to ask us to deny ourselves? Well, let's explore and study what it truly means to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. It's very interesting to me that before Jesus said these convicting words to his followers to deny themselves and take up the cross daily and follow him, Jesus said this amazing statement right before he said that. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. Before he said that, that's what he said. He was predicting his own death. It's in the context of Jesus' suffering and the prediction of his own death and resurrection that he tells them that following me is not going to be easy. You must deny yourselves. You must take up your cross. You must follow me. There seems to be a preaching the gospel that does not proclaim what it truly means to follow Christ. This type of preaching tells people that life in Christ is a bed of roses. There's really no hardship at all. Jesus does the opposite in our text. He tells his disciples in the context of predicting his own suffering and his own death that following me is a total commitment, a life-changing event to all those who would come to believe in me. There is no part-time service in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You do not punch in a clock when you decide to serve Christ But the moment you believed in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, your clock was already punched. Jesus said, you must deny yourself. Jesus said, you are called called to give up your entire life for me. There are no Sunday Christians. If you're part of Jesus, you're an everyday Christian. Seven days a week, every moment, every hour, every second. One point we must understand about discipleship is this. It's a total commitment to the lordship of Jesus Christ, and it is not a picnic. A life of ease is the world states, and to my dismay, as some churches have also proclaimed. We are called as Christians to sacrifice much for the sake of Christ. I bet everyone in this room somewhere has sacrificed something because you're a Christian. You took a stand because you followed Christ somehow or somewhere. You might have not gotten a job promotion or whatever. Somebody here has done that because Christ should be so important to us that we are willing to give up our very life for him. Think of the many Christians throughout history that died for the sake of Christ. That's what he's calling us to do. You never know what's going to happen to you. 
but there's lots of people in the world that are Christians that are suffering because they have conviction so much so that their belief in Jesus Christ and following him, look at the only, his own disciples who gave up their lives for him. Think about that. Think about that. God has called us to believe in his son, and the response of all those who truly believe in Jesus is an act of obedience, to give up our lives, to strive to be holy. Jesus said this. Very amazing statements Jesus said. Just read some of them. You are my friends if you do what I command. John fifteen fourteen. Our conversion to Jesus Christ is only the beginning of a life of discipleship, which God begins in us by the Holy Spirit and continues in us as we are conformed to the image and likeness of his dear son. Discipleship, therefore, is a commitment to Jesus Christ that he's Lord of our lives and in complete control of our lives. Scripture specifically teaches that God is not finished with us when we first believed in his son. We are called according to a purpose, Romans 8, 28. We are called to be blameless and holy, Ephesians 1, 4. For we are God's workmanship in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus for what purpose? To do good works, Ephesians 2.10. We must never think discipleship or Christian growth is a work of man. For just as justification is a work of God, whereby we are saved by faith through Christ, by grace alone, so it is with sanctification, a work of God. Sanctification, or how we grow in Christ, is that inward spiritual work which the Lord Jesus Christ works in us by the Holy Spirit when he calls us to be a believer. Jesus Christ not only washes us from our sins in his blood, that's justification, but he also separates us from our natural love of sin and the world. He puts a new principle in our new hearts and guides us by the Holy Spirit to be godly in this life. That's sanctification. A true follower of Christ will not be satisfied with just being saved and having a home in heaven. A true Christian has an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have that, you should experience joy every day of your lives. You should enjoy the sweet fellowship that you have with Jesus every day of your lives. That's what following is all about. A true Christian personally pursues, pursues Jesus Christ, desires to know him. And a true Christian has a teachable spirit and a hunger after righteousness. Discipleship, following Jesus, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as the believer, as you are in union with Jesus Christ. When we realize who Jesus Christ truly is, then we are naturally willing to serve him no matter what the cost. Yes, we are to give up our own sinful lives as we consider the cost, which is self-denial. This is an attitude where we give Jesus Christ first priority in our lives and put everything else under his lordship. Matthew 6.33 is such a, a, a classic scripture passage. We all know it. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. This truth to deny ourselves seems so easy to understand, but it's so hard for us as Christians to put forth in practice. The verb to deny here in the Greek is used in connection with turning someone off, refusing to associate, 
with others, and even as the idea of disowning another. In this case, Jesus tells us to deny ourselves. Do not live unto yourselves or your desires, but live unto Jesus, unto me, who is Lord of, our, of your life. He, for him. he is the number one in our lives. He goes on in, in, in Luke 9, 24, 25, he says this, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. For what is a man profit if he gains the whole world and loses her for himself? The whole world. He says this, For what is a man profit if he gains the whole world and loses himself? Lose himself. When we come to Jesus Christ at the foot of the cross to be saved, we cannot in our own sinful lives come with any good works. For our good works are filthy in the eyes of God. We have to come with empty hands, pleading as a merciful sinner, repenting of our sin, and believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel, to be saved. We cannot come in our own merits, but only in the merits of Jesus Christ are we saved by grace and not by works. We must lose our lives in order to gain Christ to be saved. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You must lose your sinful, no good life, which cannot save you, and then you will be saved. A disciple is one who loses his life or her life for Christ's sake. A disciple who loses his or her life in Christ will gain not only his or her life, but will gain eternal life. Think of that. Blessing. You know, you just have to stop and say, praise God. I like to hear an amen too. (laughs) You know, a true believer in Christ puts Christ first in their life. And it's completely controlled by Jesus. You know, one of my favorite verses... And I have lots of them. So if you ask me a favorite verse, I probably would give you a lot of them. But Galatians 2.20 is such a great verse where Paul states this. He says, I am crucified with Christ, which is what Jesus tells us when he says we should deny ourselves. Same thing. Since I die with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life now I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see what the Apostle Paul is saying to us this morning. If you truly have believed in Jesus Christ, you, Joe Paul, Lloyd, all of us, we have been crucified with Christ. We have died with Christ. And now you have Jesus Christ living in you. Do you see that? Paul states this over and over again. He says it in Colossians 1.29. He says, to this end, I, Paul, strangely contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. You no longer live in your sinful life, for you have denied yourself in all your desires. The life you now live as a true believer is only in Christ. Do you understand that? How does that happen? By faith. By faith of what Jesus Christ did when he loved you and gave up himself for you and me at the cross. And in his powerful resurrection. This is what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6. That we have died with Christ. And have become alive with him in his resurrection. 
We have died with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. Our sins are nailed to the cross when Christ took our sins and nailed them on the cross. And verse 8 in Romans 6 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe also that we will live with him. In the power of the living Savior, we can follow him and live obedient lives as we say no to sin and yes to righteousness. Only believers can do that. We can, in verse 11 of Romans 6, count ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. So you see, giving up your life and all its desires seemed so hard for us, but Jesus gave up his life for us. We are to give up our sinful life in exchange for having the perfect Son of God living in us by the Spirit. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. Allow Christ to live in you, because you have died with Christ. He gives us his own righteousness. What a great deal. So that we can stand before a holy God in Christ's righteousness. Praise God. Can I hear another amen? Amen. All right. Denying ourselves is a great deal, as we have to give up our sinful lives for Christ. If you're a true disciple... If you're a true follower, if you're a true learner of Jesus Christ, you do not put yourself first in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You allow Christ to live through you. That's discipleship. The rich young ruler wanted to possess eternal life, but he failed a miserable test because he wanted to keep a hold of his worldly possessions. Jesus wanted the rich young ruler to give up his possessions, evaluate the cost, and follow him. Young ruler's heart was still in his wealth and not in total devotion to Jesus. He didn't believe in Christ. He was too relying on his wealth. Unlike the three followers in the beginning of the sermon who failed to follow Jesus, when Jesus called his first disciples, he left, they left everything to follow him. And it's always amazing when I see Jesus Christ walking around, say, follow me, follow me, follow me. And what the response he got with his first disciples, it says this. As he was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And... They said, no, Jesus, wait a minute. I got one last catch. I can't come out of the boat yet. No, Jesus. I, I'm, I got, I, you know what? I, I want to go ahead and say goodbye to my wife at least. Can I? No. It says immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Immediately. Peter and Andrew left all they knew. They left their livelihood, their jobs, not knowing the cost. And they didn't even know how long Jesus was going to tell them to follow me. It was three years until Jesus died on the cross. And yet they did this. Other disciples followed him. Later in Matthew, right after they heard the story of the rich young ruler, Peter said in Matthew 19.27, something I might have said to Jesus. We left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus tells Peter that in the new heaven and earth, when the Son of Man is sitting on his glorious throne, you who have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones. And everyone who has left houses, 
or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Isn't that a great deal to give up your lives to follow Christ? Amen. Amen. But who are first will be last and many are last will be first, he said. In the same passage, but in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus adds this. You have followed me and the Gospel. The Gospel. You see, the early church showed that their first priority in life was Jesus Christ and not their material possessions. They sold their property. They shared those things with all the members of the church. In fact, we know that the early apostles and even Stephen, the deacon, The first martyr of the church was even willing to give up his own life for the proclamation of the gospel and his faith in Jesus Christ. We are to lose our lives to Christ as we deny ourselves and follow Christ. The apostle Paul grew and grew so much in his faith that he told Christians, and I thought it was bold, he told Christians to imitate him because he imitated Christ. We need more imitators of Christ. We need our young people to see Christ in us. We need, we need to realize that they need to see examples of how to live the Christian life. Every Christian here in this congregation should be so close to Jesus on a daily basis that people see Christ in you. Paul tells us in Colossians 3.3, 3, interesting, it says, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Think about this, my Christian friends. We have died with Christ on that cruel cross when our sins were paid for by the precious blood of Christ. And now as disciples of Jesus, our life is now hidden with Christ. How many times do we get ourselves in the way in this fallen world? How many times is it me, me, me? How many times have we put on Christ Jesus and made him our life? How many times have we satisfied our own desires and brought Christ last with our possessions and our time? Jesus Christ is Lord over all our activities. And if he's not in your life, you need to understand this truth. You need to place yourself under his lordship. Let me ask you this. Who is controlling your life right now? Discipleship is a mandate for us as Christ followers. Jesus expects that every person who believes in him, who says they follow him, should take this very seriously. Jesus did not care about all those crowds that followed after him. For Jesus was really interested in transforming people to committed disciples who loved their God, who wanted to radically change this world through the proclamation of the gospel. That's what Jesus cared about. He wasn't impressed with all those crowds. He had all those crowds when he, when he was going into Jerusalem. And yet three or four days later, they were, three days later or whatever, they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. He wanted true, committed followers of him. He wanted followers who desired to obey him in every part of their lives. According to John 15, a disciple who is one who abides in Christ. According to the Great Commission, a disciple is one who obeys his or her Lord in everything according to God's word. According to John 15, a disciple is bearing fruit 
for his or her Savior and Lord. According to 1 Corinthians 10.31, a disciple is one who gives God all the glory. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Are you growing in Christ as you decrease and as Christ increases in your life? Notice Jesus doesn't end this verse in the negative, but he also adds this positive truth. And take up your, their cross daily and follow me. What does it mean to take up your cross daily? Jesus chose this symbol because he himself was to be crucified on a cross. The writer of Hebrews states that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Think of that. He endured the cross. How could he endure the cross with joy? Because he was knowing what his father wanted him to do to come and die on the cross and be buried and risen again. Think about that. Paul states in Philippians that Christ was obedient even to the death, even death on a cross. And I have to tell you this. Jesus Christ, from the moment he came to the sinful world, bore his cross his entire life. His entire life, he was picking up that cross. It wasn't just at the end of his life. He had to deal with us sinners his entire 33 years. Think about that. He bore his cross his entire life, the cross only he could carry to atone for the sins of his people. And we too, his disciples, must follow in his example. And we too must carry our own cross. And it begins with us denying ourselves. Jay Adams, he's a great counselor at Westminster Seminary. He says this, to deny all self, it describes as this, taking up your cross. The cross was an instrument of death. Sanctification requires the daily crucifixion of one's desires. Think of that statement. There are many ways that we as disciples take up our cross daily. And if you commit your way to Jesus Christ in applying all these actions in your life, guess what? You won't have any time to go after your own desires. You're going to be doing all this. The first way a disciple takes up his or her own cross is to abide in the word of God. Do I need to say more? All the believers need to know how to live is found in God's inert and infallible word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Jesus said some amazing things about listening to his word. In John 8, 31, he says this, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Pretty simple. John eight forty seven. He who belongs to God hears what God says. Sometimes it's so hard for us to set up a time in a day to read and study God's word and commit ourselves by obeying and actually living obedient lives according to the word of God. Someone tells us to meditate on God's word, and I would add memorize God's word too. Just look at the navigators and what they've done. It's amazing how God reminds us of God's word, especially when we need to be encouraged or when we witness. 
A true disciple is a disciple who loves God's word. It's one way you carry your cross. How are you going to follow Jesus without knowing what he says? Very simple. The outgrowth of disciples, controlled under the lordship of Jesus and committed to his word, is bearing much fruit. This is the second way we carry a cross daily. John 15, 1 through 8, Jesus states that the disciple can only bear fruit as long as he or she abides in me. Makes sense. The fruit of the Spirit should be evident to all those Christians. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. These are qualities that you already have because you have the new nature. You have the Holy Spirit resigning you. You have Christ abiding in you. You already have these in yourselves by the new nature. We are to put them forth. We are to love the people in this world. We are to we are show them kindness. We are to show them joy. We are to show them the qualities that Jesus possessed because we are Christ's followers. We are his disciples. In John 15, 12, our dear Savior commanded that we love one another just as he loved us. Wow. How did Jesus love us? Tied on the cross to pay for our sins. We didn't deserve it. Love should naturally flow from our lives. You, your witness is going to be amazing if you show forth Christ's love and all these fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. We are to love one another. Jesus even said an amazing statement. He said this, that by your love, by your love, people are going to know me. By your love. You know, people in the world will know me that we are disciples of Jesus by our love. A third way you bear your cross is by being a witness for Jesus Christ. Jesus commanded his disciples in the Great Commission to go out in all the world and make disciples. Think about that. One way we do this is by displaying the fruit of the Spirit, showing the world the love of Christ who shines in our hearts and our lives. We are called what? the light and the salt of the earth. We have been entrusted with the gospel. What a privilege that is. Paul tells us in Thessalonians, I want to encourage you to preach the gospel to the lost. Ask God for those opportunities that can save people from everlasting hell. And even in our own text, in verse 26, Jesus said this, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them, when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Let us, as the Apostle Paul, not be ashamed of the gospel. Let us bear our cross by preaching the cross. As you tell people about the perfect Son of God who loved, lived his perfect life and then died and was buried and risen again to defeat sin and death once and for all. I want you to be bold. I want you to tell people about Jesus. I don't want you to fear I want you to be proud in a good sense of who Jesus is and what he's done for you in your life and to share that with people. A fourth way we can bear a cross is prayer. <laughs> prayer. How many times do you pray in a day? Prayer is such a blessing to just ask God, not only to ask him for things, but to just adore him. You ever hear of the acronym ACTS? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Just do that in your prayers. Just praise God for who he is and what he's done in your life. 
prayer. We need, we, we know we're so weak and fragile, we need God's help every day. Fifthly, a disciple carries his cross or her cross daily by not forsaking the assembly of the other believers. You know, the first four ways can be individual. This way is a corporate. We need church. We need to come and fellowship with other believers. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, commands us not to forsake the assembling of one another. You know, a special time in the body of Christ is, is hearing people praying for somebody else. We need that. We need to observe the sacraments of Lord's Supper and baptism. We need this to be together and, as disciples and come together and get refreshed so we can go out in, the, in this world. That's so sinful. We need to carry our crosses, Jesus' disciples, with all these gifts, all the means of grace that he gives us so that we can grow to be like Jesus Christ. We need to commit ourselves to the body of Christ. You know, the church is such a blessing. God created the church, you know, the people of God for a reason. And throughout the history of the people of God, worship was not only done in quiet time and by yourself, but worship was done corporately. I would encourage you to do that. And as you are taking your cross daily up, uh, your ultimate goal, and this is the sixth way, is to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how strongly I feel about that. As we began the sermon with talking about denying ourselves, we allowed Jesus Christ to guide us as our sovereign master and Lord. We become models of Jesus Christ to people in this world. By doing all these things, and there's a lot of things I, I didn't even mention, that all helps us to grow and be like Christ. That's the ultimate goal, is to be like Christ. Will we ever get there? No, because as I said, I've been in Christ 45 years, and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still trying to be like Christ in my life, and I fail him. And yet he picks me up, and he says, okay, Joe, let's go this way go that way. I don't know how I can tell you more and more of, of, of just realizing the more you fill yourselves with God's word and prayer and witnessing and all these things, it conforms you to the image and likeness of Christ, to be like Christ. And I just have to say, my hope is that we become a dynamic, powerful witness for Jesus Christ in this world. That's my prayer. We need to carry our cross openly and let people know that we are Jesus' disciples and not ashamed of him. You know, for 20 years, I was a Navy chaplain. And for 20 years, I had to take a rank and put it on my left collar and the rank of a cross on my right collar. And then I had rank here and I had a cross up here. So that when I went out into the military, wherever I went, People called me chaplain. They knew also I was a Christian. What I'm asking you to do is to wear your cross openly, too. Let people know that you are a Christ follower and not be ashamed of it. Speak up. Talk about that. You know, people will know by the way you live. We have to have credible witnesses. We have to be encouraged to realize that we need each other to live this Christian life. It's hard. But it's not hard when we let the Spirit of God dwell on us and let Christ live, through, live that life through us. It's not hard at all because we're not doing it. Christ is doing it for us. 
So I want to encourage you to do that. And maybe there's somebody here now that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Maybe there's somebody here that's not sure 100% that they know Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. And, and you want to follow him. I would encourage you, children, and I would encourage us to ask someone what it really truly means to follow Christ, what it means to believe in Jesus Christ, that we have to first confess our sin and repent of our sin. We have to com- be sorry for what we've done. We have to come to the foot of the cross, and we have to believe in what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross and was buried and shed his blood, but also believe in the resurrection that because of what Jesus did, he defeated sin and death once and for all, and we have to trust Jesus 100% and believe in him. And that's what you need to do. You need to ask someone, if you're not sure about being a Christian or, or follower of Christ, ask someone here. Ask your parents, children, about what it means to really follow Jesus and know him as your personal Savior and Lord. It's so important to realize that that could be the best decision you ever made in your life, is to believe in Jesus Christ. To not trust in your own good works, because we have no good works. To trust in the grace and the love and the mercy of God. Come to the cross with empty hands and really believe that Jesus Christ died for me. He was buried for me. He rose again for me. It's a personal decision. Jesus said some very convicting words here. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it, he said, for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would help us that you would encourage us, Father, and you would convict us. Help us to give our lives totally to Jesus. I pray, Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior and Lord, that they would come to know Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would work your spirit in their hearts. And work in our hearts, too, as believers. Some of us have been believers for many years. Give us a renewed energy and a new focus, Lord. Help us to really know what discipleship is all about. Help us to go out and preach the gospel and make other disciples. We pray, Father, that you would just be with us now. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.